Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? chapter and looking at this, what I came up with was I was looking at the foundation, fear, favor, faith, fulfillment, and future of Daniel the prophet. (laughs) What do you think? Say that five times fast. (laughs) But honestly, I was looking at this and I saw Daniel, the foundation of his life, and I saw that he had a healthy fear of the Lord, that he received the favor of God, that it was based in his faith and his faithfulness. And then all of the fulfillments of the promises that God had for him And he gave him a beautiful and wonderful future. And it was just amazing as I started to study this out. And I think, again, Daniel is such a perfect and beautiful example for you and I. But last week we looked, in a broad sense, in a broad overview, we looked at the first eight verses. Most of last week was an introduction to this book. And I think it's well needed because there's a lot of history and background to Daniel. And and even today we'll have some more of that. But in that overview, we looked at the first Babylonian exile and we looked at that Daniel and his three friends were taken in that first exile in 605 B.C. by Nebuchadnezzar. And we, we know the history and the background behind that. Prince Nebuchadnezzar was a military general for his father, Nabopolassar, who was the king of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar had been defeating the Assyrian army, the most powerful army in the world, for, on, in many occasions, on many occasions. He had really raised himself up as a powerful military leader, and Babylon was beginning to take over the world. And then in what was essentially the world war of that day, in 605 B.C., the Battle of Karshemish, when the Assyrian army actually partnered with the Egyptian armies, which the Egyptian army had been weakened by then, but they partnered together, and yet Babylon, under the rule, under, under the uh, direction of the general of Prince Nebuchadnezzar, defeated the Assyrians completely, wiped them out. And then the remnant of the Egyptian army fleed south. They retreated. And so as fate would have it, as God's uh, destiny would have it, Nebuchadnezzar pursued the Egyptian armies into Israel, into Judah, where we know he then took siege of Jerusalem. And he told them, I'm here as your conqueror. He was going to destroy the city if they didn't give up. And he did kill those who were rebellious against him. But what we found out is this. He also took captive a group of, of young men, and, and women for that matter. A lot of, it was about 10,000 people in general in that first Babylonian exile. But here's what we know. As God's timing would have it, as he was sieging Jerusalem, as Nebuchadnezzar was about to wipe them out completely and take everything, his father, Nabopolassar, died at that very moment. Not a coincidence. God is in control. And he, Nebuchadnezzar, had to hurry back to Babylon over 500 miles, a journey that he would be able to do in two weeks, which was phenomenal in those days. But he had to get there to seize the throne from his younger brother. His younger brother, ironically, is never heard from in history again. So that tells you the kind of man Nebuchadnezzar was. 
But we know in this first captivity, Daniel, uh, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we looked at that, but they were taken captive in this. But understand this, Babylon, they did something other nations didn't do. Now, if you were rebellious, if you were military, they would kill you. (laughs) But what they tried to do with the masses, they would take them into bondage, into exile, but they tried to win them over. Babylon was different because what they tried to do was convert you. If you were a prisoner, what their strategy was was to convert you, to change you, to change the way you thought, even the way you ate, the food you ate. They would try to convert you in the way you communicated, in the way you worshipped, the very God or gods you worshipped. They would bring you in and they would try to convert you. And their goal was to make you one of them, to bring you in, not with threats and punishment, but with sin and luxury. You know, this is a real trap of the enemy, by the way. The enemy likes when we're comfortable. He really likes when we're comfortable. And we just kind of bask in, you know, I've got a little sin in my life, but I'm comfortable. He likes that. And that's what they did. They bring him in with sin and luxury, the promise of many things. And they wanted young men like Daniel and his friends to become one of them. Sound familiar? And this meant even to worship like them. But last week we saw something that we're going to continue to see today and throughout the book of Daniel, and that is the faithfulness of Daniel and his friends. What an example for us to be faithful amidst a pagan culture that wants to do everything to convert you. I think it's timely. I think it's, it's very timely. But these young men, they refused to be changed by the culture. They stood for God, even in difficult and dangerous situations, as we're going to see. Now, last week in those first eight verses, we saw that God blesses this kind of stand. When we stand for God, he stands for us. He blesses this kind of stand. And today we're going to see more of that. And we're going to see how you and I should seek the favor of God the same way Daniel did. And that was to be faithful. To be faithful, no matter what's going on, no matter the circumstances. Because when we do that, there's always a fulfillment of God. Not just the fulfillment of his promises, but we are utterly fulfilled in him. And many times, I think, you know, in our Western culture, I know this is true. Many of us, even as Christians, constantly feel unsatisfied. Because we're distracted by all the things around us. We're distracted by, you know possessions and all of these other things and career and making a name for ourselves, And we're so unsatisfied and we wonder why. And the reason is because we get our eyes off of the king. We get our eyes off what's important. But God offers complete fulfillment, not only in his promises, but complete fulfillment in your heart, in my heart. And so today we're going to look at the rest of chapter one. Believe it or not, that's kind of a record, I think, for us, but we're going to look at the rest of chapter 1. I will read verse 8 for context, strictly for context, but our, essentially our study today is verse 9 through 21. But as a reminder, last week, Daniel and his friends, they were taken into a, what is essentially a three-year brainwashing program. But make no mistake, that was God's favor. God raised them up for a purpose, but they were taken in, I compared it to the university system in our nation, full meal plan and everything. They were taken into this program, and they were stripped even of their godly names. They were given pagan names, new names to identify themselves, and they were even given a pagan diet. But this is where Daniel drew the line, because he knew this food was unkosher. He knew it was defiled. The wine and the food had been offered to idols, to pagan gods, which were demonic. These are demonic gods, and Daniel says, this is where I draw the line. You can change my name. 
You can try to teach me what you want, but I am not going to defile myself. And so that's where we pick up here in verse 8. Verse 8 of Daniel 1. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed you food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. Verse 14, so he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. Let's pray. Father God, this is your word, and we know that you esteem your word above your name. And we know the book of Daniel is a very special book for many reasons, Lord, but I also know it's timely. And so, God, help us to be like Daniel. Help us to be faithful witnesses for you. Help us, Lord, to stand in these trying times and as times even get more difficult. Lord, help us to be faithful witnesses who share your truth. And God, right now, let your word just invade our hearts and our minds and our souls. Change us, Lord, from the inside out. Help me to get out of the way, Lord. You speak your truth through your word to your people. We praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so imagine this. Put yourself in the position of these young men. They're around 14 or 15 years old, and they're brought to Babylon. They would have been in awe of this kingdom. Understand, Babylon was legendary. It was legendary. It had two or three of the seven wonders of the ancient world just within the capital city of Babylon. This was an amazing, powerful, beautiful, overwhelming place. And put yourself in their position, these 14, 15-year-old kids seeing all this, coming to this big city. When they, when they came and they saw the city from a distance, they would have noticed this giant wall. Some estimates say that the wall of Babylon was 300 feet high. Just think about this for a second. In ancient times, think of the engineering feat. Not only that, but every 65 feet there were giant watchtowers on the wall. The wall, depending on which historical account you believe, was anywhere from 25 to 50 feet wide. They said they, they could have chariot races. They could put two, two chariots and race around the top of the wall with plenty of room on the sides for spectators. This is massive. This is, so imagine these kids coming from Jerusalem, which was a beautiful city, but nothing like Babylon, not at least in, in the world standard. But then we also know there was a second wall behind the first wall, 75 feet behind, and it was actually dug out 35 feet deep for security purposes into the ground. We know Nebuchadnezzar would later build even a third security wall. But this wall, depending again on the historical count, was anywhere from 20 miles in circumference to 60 miles in circumference. They found evidence that could have been that long, that, that big of a wall. And when you start to really put this in perspective, in the ancient times, this would have been quite the sight. And then think about the beauty, the Euphrates River. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org.
Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.